Welcome back to Dear Believers and Unbelievers podcast. Um, I upload a new episode for right now, five days a week, Monday through Friday. A new episode will be coming out. Um, If you have not caught up on Matthew chapter 1, verse 7, um, not verse 7, I'm sorry, chapter 1 through chapter seven, then definitely go back and watch the previous episodes so you can get caught up and have context. Um, We will be in the book of Matthew for a while, breaking down each chapter and figuring out what Jesus says. So let's jump right into it. So today we're going to get into um, Jesus cleansed the man of leprosy. Jesus heals as um, as, um, a centurion servant um i hope i'm pronouncing that right <laughs> a centurion um servant and peter's mother-in-law gets healed little things um literally that we're going to a little summary of what we're going to happen today so let's get started so let's go to chapter eight i will always be reading out of the new king james version okay Um, that is the version that I will probably be coming from for all of my episodes. So that's where I'll be reading from. We're going to start in chapter 8, 1 through 4. Chapter 8, 1 through 4. And it reads, When he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing. Be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, See that you tell no one, but go your way. Show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So, I mean, the Lord is good. <laughs> the Lord is so good. I mean, there was literally a leper, okay, a leper. And so before we jump into it, what does leprosy mean, right? What does leprosy mean? It's not a term that we use nowadays. It's not a term that we hear a lot. So let's break it down, okay? A leprosy you can go on Google and type this in. That's where I got um, the definition from. And a leprosy is a contagious disease that affects the skin and mucous membranes and nerves causing discoloration and lumps on the skin. In severe cases, disfigurement and deformities. Okay. Disfigurement and deformities. Okay. So literally a severe skin case, right? Um, A severe skin case. And so the leper came and worshiped Jesus saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So let's break that down in context real quick. The leper believed, okay? The leper had faith that the Lord was who he said he was. The leper had faith that the Lord 
was who he said he was. Let's pray before we get started here. Um, before we jump into this episode and invite the Lord into this episode with us. Dear Heavenly Father, we ask that you come in this episode, Lord. We ask that your Holy Spirit guides me on what you want me to say, Father. We ask that your presence be with us in this episode, Father, with everyone that is listening to this episode, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, the leper had faith. You notice he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. So he already knew the power that Jesus had, right? He already knew the power that Jesus had. He said, if you are willing, if you will do this for me, I will be made clean. And so all Jesus had to do was put his hand out and touch him and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. What I want us to get from that is all it takes is for one touch, one touch for the Lord, and that's it. One touch from the Lord, and that is it. Okay? One touch. That's powerful because when we go through things, and it was leprosy for this man. But it might be this pandemic for you. It might be finances for you. It might be trials and tribulations for you that we all go through. And whatever you go through, it feels bigger than what it really is. It feels like a mountain. It feels like you're drowning, right? (laughs) I definitely can't agree with that. That's for sure. And we don't realize the power of who we serve we don't realize the power and the authority that Jesus has and that God has the Father and so if we realize that it's so powerful because that means that the Lord all he has to do is put his hand out and everything is healed put his hand out and everything is changed put his hand out and everything is fixed okay so he said to that leprosy um, to the man that had leprosy he told him to go go to the priest offer that gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them powerful powerful okay so that man with leprosy the key is the man had faith and The more we break down the book of Matthew, what you're going to really get to see in the gospel of Matthew is that everyone had to have faith before anything could change. Okay, so let's go on to Matthew 8, chapter 5, verse 13, chapter 5, verse 13, and we're going to read this real quickly, and it states, Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion 
answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I am also, also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed him, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and west, many will come from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will cast, will be cast out into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Jin Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant will he and his servant was healed that same hour. Okay, let's break this down. What is a centurion? Um, if you haven't caught up on the rest of my episodes, you'll see real quickly. I like to break things down into context. Um, not everyone knows what a centurion is. And so I want to Google this. Um, and a centurion is a kind of soldier in the Roman army, in the Roman army responsible for the command of a um, century or 100 men okay um so i wanted to give us some context on that and centurion came to jesus and said lord my servant is lying at home paralyzed dreadfully tormented okay the key to what he said is okay he's being honest he's like look i'm not worthy right isn't that what we say we're all like look i'm not worthy for the lord goodness i'm not worthy for blessing i'm not worthy to even praise him right literally he said look i'm not worthy that you should even come under my roof but here's the key he said but only speak a word and my servant will be healed <laughs> the faith of this man had Jesus marveling because what this centurion understood and what we struggle to understand is the Lord just has to say something and it comes to existence the Lord just has to touch and it comes to existence the Lord doesn't need, even need to be in your vicinity okay for things to change and so this man believed so deeply in his faith was so strong in the Lord the Lord was like look I haven't even seen great faith like this not even in Israel faith pleases God without faith you cannot please God. This man had such strong faith 
that he was just like, just say the word and I know what's going to happen. But he also knew the power of Jesus. Because for you to come to someone, you have to not only trust that they can do it, but you have to trust them. You have to trust who they say they are. So not only do you have trust in the Lord, not only do you have faith in the Lord, but he knew the Lord was the only one that could help him with what he was going through, with what his servant was struggling with. And that's powerful. That is powerful. If we can have that strong faith as believers, even right now in the midst of a pandemic, if we can have that strong faith and not putting our faith in a vaccine, not putting our faith in anything else but the Lord to overcome and to heal us, okay, from this pandemic, that is what as believers we should be doing, okay? And what I'm not saying is, oh my gosh, you know, you get the vaccine, you know what I mean? Something is wrong. You need to seek and pray the Lord on it. But what I will say is, whatever one in the book of Matthew, and what you'll see is everyone that was, when the Lord did the miracles and was healing these people, everyone had faith. Everyone had faith and they trusted in Jesus. That's the key. That's the key to everything. Okay. Let's move on to Matthew chapter 8, 14 through 17. Okay. Peter's mother-in-law gets healed. Let's jump right into it. And so 14 verse 17. Now, when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and served him. When evening had came, they brought to him many who were demon possessed and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Okay. So the power of the Lord. Okay. The fact he came into Peter's house. Right. Healed her from her fever. Right. But you see that it says in 15. He touched her hand. All he had to do was touch. Right. He touched her hand and the fever left her immediately. And she arose and served them. Okay. All he did was touch her hand. And that fever was instantly gone. Alright. The power of the Lord is instant. It's instant. And what these miracles shows us is the power thereof. The power thereof. Um, powerful. Okay. The demon possessed people, right? He cast out spirits with one word. It, literally, he cast out spirits with one, with a word. With a word. Okay. 
so it might be fulfilled that he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses because he did. Powerful. Powerful. So I really want us to understand as believers and new believers, you know, and unbelievers that unbelievers seeing what Jesus is, his power, his, his love, his, his mercy, his faithfulness, and understanding that it's nothing, if you're an unbeliever, there's nothing that you have done and can do that the Lord can't fix. There's nothing that the Lord can't do for you. Okay, um, and as believers, let's put our faith in him to do anything. Everything that's going on in this world right now, every trial and tribulation you've been through, everything that you feel like you're up against, trust him. Ask yourself, am I trusting him or am I putting my faith in him? Because that's when you see that's when you have an encounter. That's when you experience the Lord. Okay? Powerful. Super powerful. So many were healed. Mm. Many were healed. Okay? Let's go to Matthew 8 verse 22. And I just want to read this for you guys real quickly. Um, we'll do 21 and 22. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. And you literally can read up on that through 18 verse 22. And I read that whole passage um, as well, because to follow the Lord. You will literally have to, to, to follow the Lord. And this is good for my believers and my unbelievers. For you to follow the Lord, there is sacrifice that has to be made. Because I think we think following the Lord is going to be an easy path, an easy road. Because, you know, you know, once you become saved, you're not going to have any stress, any trials and tribulations, any hurt. And that's not true. You are. But here's the key to the believer versus an unbeliever. The believer you have hope, an unbeliever you have no hope. Jesus is hope. And while we're going through it, that's who we need to rely on. That's who we need to fix our eyes on. That's what faith is. Okay? Hope in the things you can't see. Okay, so to follow Jesus, you have to pick up your own cross. And what is that cross? Your flesh. What is that cross? Not giving in to your desires. What is that cross? Not being selfish. If I can paraphrase, not being selfish, not being all about self. Because when you follow the Lord, your self becomes backburner. 
the Lord becomes number one. And so when he had told him, he said, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. He was saying, these people are spiritually dead. These people are not choosing, they, they're not choosing to follow me. Let them bury their own. Okay, because my children, they're following me. My children, they're doing what I have told them to do. My children are being obedient to me. And so in this world right now, you have so many people that are spiritually dead. Spiritually dead. And what the Lord has done for me is as soon as I really took up my cross and followed him and, and became serious about the Lord, that's when my I was spiritually awoken. I seen things differently. I understood things differently. And I stopped looking out of my natural eyes and started looking in my spiritual eyes. And so he's like, let them bury their own. Let them bury their own. But what you need to do is follow me now. Because a lot of times what the Lord is calling us to do, and you know, you might feel a tug on your heart and you're like, I know the Lord is calling me into ministry. I know the Lord is calling me to spend more time with him. I know the Lord is literally calling me to come back with him. I know the Lord, right? And as an unbeliever, I know this feels different, right? I know that I'm missing something in my life. And so if you know that, right, we'll do, well, you know, maybe I'll get, I'll get right with the Lord next year. I'll get right with the Lord um, next week. And we do, we do what this young man did. You know, he said, let me bear my father, you know, then I'll follow you. We put everything else before him and then put Jesus on the back burner. But he's the only one that can handle everything. So we put him on the back burner and then we're like, oh, you know, I'll follow you when I get ready. Because that's essentially what he was saying, right? Um, I have some things I need to handle let me handle those and then when I'm ready, I will follow you. Okay. And the Lord is like, no, you follow me now. Because those are secondary. I'm first. And so hopefully that was able to encourage someone today. Let's do the wind and the waves. This is powerful, y'all. Let's do the winds and the waves obey Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 23, not chapter 23, I'm sorry. Matthew chapter 8, we're still in 8, 23 verse 27, okay? 23 verse 27, and it reads, Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. 
But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? That's powerful. That is powerful because literally who does the winds and seas obey they don't obey man <laughs> that's for sure they don't obey any other <coughs> religion that man has made up right all the way to new age all right all the way down to um, you know any other religion that's out there no one okay can calm the winds and waves no man can calm the winds and waves only Jesus Christ that's it okay and so the disciples literally okay walked by sight because when it says in verse 26 but he said to them why are you fearful O you of little faith the Lord is just like why are you afraid when I'm right here and it's funny because we literally we are we get afraid right when the Lord has been with us this whole time and so what we have to ask ourselves is, if I'm afraid, am I walking by sight or am I walking by faith? Because what you'll figure out and find that the answer to that question is you're walking by sight. Okay, you're walking by sight because it's the, the challenging thing. And I get it. It's a challenge. The challenging thing is. Is when you have to walk by faith, right? Because when you walk by faith, what you're doing is you're not accepting what you see. You're like, nope, I don't accept that. Um, I don't accept to see what is in front of me. What I do accept is to have faith in the only person, okay, the only Lord and Kings of Kings that can change exactly what I see. When you start leaning on your faith, that encourages you. Okay, literally just hearing myself say that, it is encouraging me. Okay. The disciples, and they followed Jesus, right? They were literally with Jesus night and day. And so, they literally was fearful. And the Lord just had to say, look, oh, you of little faith, right? Where is your faith at? You already know that I have you. You already know that I'm with you. You already know that I'm going to protect you. You already know that I have this under control, is essentially what the Lord was saying to them. But we get like them, right? They saw the waves. They, they, they saw the storm. They, 
they saw everything and they said, Lord, save us. We're perishing. Sometimes we're begging the Lord to save us and he has already have. For my believers, right? For my believers. And my unbelievers, you've been going through life trying to save yourself. And I have one question for you. How has that panned out for you? Because before I truly got serious and gave my life to the Lord and became changed, I was literally drained. I was exhausted. I was overwhelmed. I was angry because I was trying to save myself from everything, from life, from hurt, from pain. But I never once asked the Lord to save me. I never once asked the Lord to come in and fix it. I never once asked the Lord to heal that hurt. I never once asked the Lord to save me from my own bondage, my troubles, my fears. So that's powerful. Okay. Let's bring down what is a tempest, right? It says a tempest in the Bible. What is a tempest? A violent windstorm. Okay, especially with rain, hail, or snow. Okay, so that just allows you and encourage you, especially as believers, to know that the disciples walked with the Lord, seen what the Lord had did, seen all the miracles the Lord had did. They were with Him day and night, and they still, okay, struggled with walking by sight. And so, as believers, that's a struggle that is real. That's a challenge that we, we, we struggle with, is walking by sight. But what we have to do is choose to walk by faith and not by sight. Right? And we know the scripture tells us that. And so, let's go to Matthew 28 and 34. We're going to end out with this. The two demon-possessed men healed. Okay? 28 through 34. We're going to read this whole piece. And it reads, when he had come to the other side, to the country of, I want to say, Jerjesses, I know I'll probably butcher that, (laughs) y'all. There met him two demon-possessed men coming out of the tombs exceedingly fierce. Remember that. So that no one could pass that way. And suddenly they cried out saying, what have we to do with you, Jesus? You son of God, have you come here to torment us before the time? Now a good way off from them, there was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him saying, If you cast us out, permit us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said to them, go. So when they had come out, they went into the herd of swine. And suddenly the whole herd of swine ran violently down the steep place into the sea and perished in the water. Then those who kept them fled. And they went away into the city and told everything, including what had happened to them, to the demon-possessed men, 
And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to depart from their region. Mm. Literally, when they say exceedingly fierce, exceedingly fierce means having or displaying an intense or ferocious aggressiveness. Okay. Have you, when you encounter an angry person, and that's why the scripture says, you know, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, we wrestle against, right, um, evilness. Right, principalities, right, spirits. Um, and I'm paraphrasing that, that scripture. I want to make that very clear. Um, that's not how it's worded in the scripture directly. But when we encounter these, you know, intense and ferocious aggressiveness, we're encountering a spirit. We're encountering... And I like to call them angry spirits. We're encountering unclean spirits that are in these people and that are working through them. Okay. Um, once to point that out. So this is the power that the Lord has. These demons, the devil already knows exactly who he is um, up against. He knows exactly who the Lord is. He knows that he is the Lord. He's the son of God. And so the fact that he knows that, let us, let that reassure us. Let that encourage us, encourage us because what the devil throws at us, sometimes we get defeated, we get discouraged, right? We want to get up, give up, or we're just like, I... You know, I, I don't have time for this right now, right? <laughs> or, you know, I, I'm over it. I, I don't want to deal with this, this you know, demonic attack or, you know, the devil just coming from me day and night. And we forget the power of Jesus that he can put all that to all. That the Lord has to allow, allow temptation. Okay, he doesn't send it. He doesn't do the tempting. That's not in the Lord. That that's not what he does. But everything that happens to us, he allows. Okay, so keep that in mind. He allowed it, but he also allows an escape, and that escape is to call on him. That escape is to rebuke the devil. Okay, so we all have that. We all have that authority to do so. It's only if we're doing it or not. Okay, they literally, in the man, these demons, literally, they cried out. Okay, they said, what, what have, you know, what have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come to torment us before the time? So they know their time is limited. Okay, the devil already knows um, they're their time is limited and so the devil is pulling it especially right now the spiritual warfare in this world right now is ridiculous it is literally insane okay um and i know especially a lot of believers have been feeling it i've been feeling it 
um, like crazy. And so they literally, they had to ask for permission. That's what I, and, I, and when I read this, that's what I get from it. They had to ask for permission to do anything. For them to go ahead and go into those swines that they asked the Lord to go into, right? God had to allow it. So they couldn't do it on their own merit. They couldn't do it without asking for permission. God allows everything that they do, okay? The devil can't do anything that the Lord hasn't allowed. And so, let that, that shows you who's really in charge. Because I know we see all this wickedness in the world. I know we see, you know, how the devil's attacking us. I know we see all of these things and we lose sight of who's really in control. Okay? So... The devil is trying hard because he already knows where his destination is. Right back in the pits of hell. He already knows where he is going. He is trying to take as many souls with him as he can. So don't get tricked up in the schemes of the enemy. Okay. You see him coming, rebuke him. Okay. Rebuke him, rebuke him, rebuke him in the name of Jesus, right? So all it took was for the Lord to heal those men. Took those demons right out of that man. They were tormenting that man. They were tormenting, they were tormenting. And so... The power of the Lord has been displayed, I mean, so many times in chapter 8, that's not even fine. so many times in this episode. And so now that you know the power of the Lord and what he's capable of and the miracles that he's done, are you going to take this nugget from everything that we, we broke down in chapter 8 today? Are you going to take that nugget of your faith? You need faith. Something's not happening to you in your life. And you're like, okay, well, I prayed on it. I seek the Lord on it. And I still don't see him moving. I still don't see it. Have you had faith? Do you think it's going to happen? It's one thing to, to, to pray to the Lord. It's another thing to say it's you know, to say, oh, you know, it would be nice. And then there's another thing to know that's going to happen. Do you know that it's going to happen? Do you believe it's going to happen? So hopefully this episode was able to encourage you guys. Um, we, we, we went through a lot. Um, chapter 8, to reread over it. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Um, that, that is it for this episode. You know, definitely subscribe to this podcast if it's able to encourage you. And also, if you do not know the Lord, if you're an unbeliever, if you never got saved, if you never trusted and 
really started a relationship with the Lord, I want to let you know this. You're like, okay, well, how, how, how do I become saved, Mashana? By believing today that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, He died on the cross for your sins and rose again in three days, okay? That He is the Lord of your life. You believe that in your heart, okay? And confess it with your mouth. You are saved, right? So I will see you guys tomorrow. Okay, um, we will write down chapter 9 tomorrow. Um, if you want to email me with any questions or you just want to chat, I'm here for you all. You definitely can email me at dearbelieversandunbelievers at gmail.com. That email will be in the notes of this podcast as well. So I will talk to you guys soon.